Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' name. So we've been having, this is the part four of this series on all be saved, God's desire. And our role uh, where salvation is concerned. And this is not something I want us to quickly forget. This is the heartbeat of God. This is the heartbeat of God. We start in John chapter 4 verse 35. Last Sunday, John chapter 4 and verse 35. Uh, Verse 34, Jesus was talking about his food, what gives him energy, what gives him survival. He says, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. To do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. There is a satisfaction that purpose gives. There is a satisfaction that doing God's work gives. You see, when you go out to preach the gospel, there is a satisfaction it gives to you that nothing else can give you. I remember uh, after our faith uh, conference where we received the faith offerings, we were having... Uh, the family Sunday and people were just sharing their experience. I remember a dear sister of ours talked about, you know, I gave an offering that I've, I've never given before. And, and she said, I was so happy I gave it. That satisfaction is what Jesus was talking about here. The satisfaction of doing the work of God. You see, we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. There should be a satisfaction that comes from you doing God's work. Serving the Lord. And he goes on to say, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? He says, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white for harvest. They are white for harvest. Don't think, I've always told you this, don't think there will be a better time to serve God. Don't think tomorrow, oh, I will say, it's, it's, it's like you're saying, it's not harvest time right now. Let me just settle. Let me just get married. Let me just have my children. Let my children just go to school. No. There's no better time to serve God than today. There's no better time to commit to the things of God than today. Praise God. Don't say four months. Don't say, oh, ne- no, Today. So we talked about reaching out to people. When we talked about Andrew inviting his brother, reaching to people, bringing people to church. There are some of you that should have a personal goal to have your own boss to bring people to church. To share the truth of God's word. God is counting on us, every one of us. God is counting on us to get the job done. We can't watch the whole world in darkness and be comfortable. 
We can't watch people go to hell on a speedboat and a comfortable. We can't watch people not knowing the truth. You know, because of my passion for teaching the word of God and because of my calling as a Bible teacher, you know, most times when I stumble on certain things online and I see certain doctrines and certain things going on, oh, you know, it breaks my heart. I feel like, what more can we do? What, how else can we preach? Why? Because I see God's people not need to know the word of God and know it for themselves and know it properly. Every Christian must have the heartbeat of souls. If you are not concerned about souls, you've got to check your Christianity. If you're not concerned about people maturing in the things of God, you've got to check your Christianity. So, last Sunday we talked about reaching out to people. Today we want to talk about discipling people. Discipleship. God wants men discipled, right? He didn't just say that uh, he wants all men saved. What's the second thing after that? After he wants all men saved, what's the second thing he wants? Talk to me, church. What's the second thing he wants? That all should come to what? Knowledge. The truth. How many of you were, you don't need to raise your hand, but how many of you were in some places before and when you came here, you know, your knowledge of the truth grew. Right? Yeah. God wants people to know the truth of God's word. Come with me to First Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. Thank you, Lord. God's word is, it's, it's amazing. First Peter chapter 3 verse 15. God's word is amazing. It says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Look at this word. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you with gentleness and reverence. He wasn't talking about pastors. He says, everybody sanctify Christ in your heart. He says, be always ready to give a defense when people ask you for the hope that is in you. That word defense is the Greek word apologia. That's where the word apologetics comes from. Christian apologetics. Not that you're apologizing for your faith, but you're able to defend your faith. You see, you should defend why you believe what you believe. Praise God. Are you here? If you are asked for the reason of your faith, you are not to say, Papa said. That's why when I teach you, I give you a lot of scriptures. I try to explain so you understand it. You ought to be able to give a logical defense for the Christian faith. Why are you a Christian? I told you, one of the things that made me to really start studying the word of God for myself first time I had the opportunity to travel out of the country was on an NGO platform. The, the Global Youth Anti-Corruption um, Network was powered by the World Bank. And in the first year, I was the um, only delegate chosen to represent Nigeria in that particular event in Brussels, in Belgium. And um, I was, you know, we just got married then. It was very young. It was or thereabouts. 2008 thereabouts. And, you know, went into the hotel, and then some guys who come, oh, they're going to the club. You know, there were people from all over, maybe from 50 countries or thereabout. You know, uh, the other guys were Africans and some Asians. And I was in the room with a particular Asian guy. And they would say, they are going to the club. I said, oh, I'm a Christian. I don't go to the club. Then at the time, they were going to look for girls, all kinds of stuff. 
So the guy came to me and said, your life must be very boring. You don't drink. You don't go to club. You, this one you don't do. So he said, what do you do? You know, I've never thought about it. Because I'd grown up in a place where what we do. Eh? You know when you're a pastor's child? You open the church door. You sweep <laughs> like my kids. Right? You, you, that's what you do. That's life for you. And then, you know, so I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. This is what I said. Oh, okay. And then one of the ladies asked me, he says, what about if all the stories you are told is not true? If somebody made it up? You know, for the first time in my life, I've never questioned the Bible. Then I said, wow. You know, that day, I decided that I was going to study the word of God for myself. I was going to know the word of God for myself. I was going to be able to defend God's word for myself. Without quoting a preacher, without quoting my father, without quoting anybody, I was going to know God's word. That's the day I made a decision to study the Bible. Some of us are afraid to talk about our faith because we don't know what to say. The energy you have put into football, eh? the energy you've put into football, <laughs> knowing the Bible takes time, you've got to give it, you've got to give it time to be able to defend the faith. When I bought uh, PS4, early days, I used to beat my son. I'll beat him. 7-0, 3-0, You know, and all the time I'm studying the word of God. I'm studying the word of God. I'm doing my own thing. And the guy will spend weekends, his weekend playing, his weekend play, doing training, doing this. And of recent, <laughs> of recent, the guy will just, you see what these people are doing with you. Can they dribble like this on this? Is it not the same part where I would? Diligence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're almost tempted to place a knock on your father. Play with respect. <laughs> but, you see, it comes... You see, what I'm trying to say is that anybody can learn anything if they put time to it. At the beginning, I used all my experience. But, you see, you cannot grow... A, see, as we, are, as we are seated here, you can teach the word of God more than me in the next few years. If I stop giving it time, and you give it time. There are no statutory positions in life. Your growth is determined by your diligence. I wasn't born with this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't just say, the Bible is too hard to understand. No, the Holy Spirit is there to guide you. Teachings are there. Make up your mind that you will not be a biblical illiterate. That your, your, your whole Christian life will not be summed up in, I receive. That's the only places you thrive where they don't use Bible. Say so that you might be able to do what? To give a defense. And this is not, this is not to defend doctrines that are not true. Biblical doctrines. Give a defense. Praise God. Luke chapter 12 verse 48 says, To whom much is given, much is required. And much has been given to us in this church. Much has been, much teachings have come. There are some of you here, I don't expect you not to be able to defend the truth of God's word. You have hundreds of teachings. Hundreds, literally hundreds of teachings that we've done over the years. Exhaustive teachings. Why don't you take time to listen to them? To grow 
Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. I'll go a bit faster because we need to do our baby dedication. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. It says, you have been believers so long. You have been believers so long. Now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. When you ought to be teachers, he was expecting them that they would teach others. He says, you have need that someone will teach you. Some of you have been with me five years, six years, eight years, ten years. What's the proof of that longevity? What's the proof? There are people in several places who take our materials and teach them, study them, grow them. I was telling you about the pastor who took one of our teachings, Steps to Greatness, imbibed the teaching, started applying in his church. His, his church grew. In fact, when he showed me, I sent the picture to pastor. When, when he sent me the picture of his church in Zambia, I said, is this your church? He said, yes. He said, I said, how? He said, oh, I listened to one of your messages. So I, I now asked, I said, which message? So that I will listen to it again because my church is not. Do you understand what I'm saying? But, but you see, sometimes we can get so familiar with what is being taught that it doesn't produce required effect. Are you still here? You need to be teachers. Says, don't decide, don't rest on milk. Jesus says, Have you been so long with me, Philip, that you do not know the Father? How far have you grown in your Christian faith? What teachings have you imbibed? In Acts chapter 9 verse 10, when God wanted to work in the life of Saul, he took a certain disciple. Acts 9 10. He took a certain disciple by the name Ananias. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here am I, Lord. And you read that scripture down. He, Ananias actually opened the eyes of Saul. Discipled him. Can God trust you to open the eyes of someone? You know, we have left working of miracles to pastors alone. Hmm? When last did you pray for the sick? <laughs> Hallelujah. This thing should be your normal life. Yesterday, my son was working on the system and I don't know how he sat or something. And then his leg was spinning him, you know, and he couldn't, he was like intense pain. He really would not complain. So I made him lie down on the kitchen, you know, just lie down because he couldn't move as such. So, you know, my football sense kicked in. I thought it was muscle poor and cramp. So I pulled him up, did all those things. I said, is this the pain here? So I said, ah. And, you know, the Holy Spirit just whispered inside of me, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, I remember. <laughs> so I just put on and said, in Jesus' name, let the pains leave. So I said, how is it? He says, it's reduced a bit. I prayed again, and that was it. It has to be your practical life. There was no choir. There was no spirit and truth. There was no singing. Let the anointing come. Ah, oh God. There are situations in your life that they will not be keyboard. You need to learn to function. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to learn to function. And that should be the same for every one of you. It didn't work because I'm a pastor. The same Holy Spirit that is at work in me is at work in you. You should be seeing miracles in your life. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want the day to come in this church where the testimonies we shared is how many people you've prayed for and got healing. How many people you... Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many people you've ministered the gospel to? Not just what you have, but what Christ is doing through you. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. 2 Timothy 3 15. God needs his people discipled and he needs men to do it. And from childhood, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From childhood. From childhood. Paul uh, was talking about Timothy. I said, Timothy has known the scriptures from childhood. Timothy, a young man, was a pastor of a 20,000 member church in Ephesus. Young man. To the extent that Paul says, let no man despise your youth. Had to encourage him. Because he was young. But he had learned the word of God. Come with me to Acts 16 verse 1. Acts 16 verse 1. Follow me. It will be a bit fast, but follow me. Paul came also to Deborah and to Lystra. And a disciple was there named Timothy. The son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. So his father wasn't really born again. But his mother was. His mother was. Found a certain disciple named Timothy. Our young people should be discipled. You know, the challenge we have is when it came to discipleship, we now said, oh, what young children need is entertainment. We started dancing in church. Do I have any person in this church who was a former Jehovah Witness? Do, do I have a former? Okay. Do I have a former Jehovah Witness? Go and see how those people are trained. From the very early stage, they get into the witness hall. They give them a bag. Hmm? They give them a tower. They hit the streets. Have you seen Jehovah Witnesses announcing annual convention? But those guys, solid structure. Solid. Infrastructure. So, you know Pentecostals, we make noise a lot. Go to Igeoduma by uh, Benin. Right? They have a massive printing press. They're massive printing press. If you are from Edo State, you know where they are. Big acres of land. Massive printing press. Full-time staff. Doing research. Printing the watchtower. Disciplined faith. Meanwhile, your teenagers here are dancing. This little light of mine, I'm not going to let this child. A for Abraham. M for Matthew. K for, <laughs> for Luke. Eh? I say, wow. Wow. Hmm? We'll take Davido's song, remove all the lyrics, put Jesus. Eh? And then be dancing on the altar, dancing, shaking your waist, ah, dancing, dancing. Say, ah, if we don't do like that now, they will go to a club. Have we kept them? Is it trust God that says the foolishness of the gospel is the wisdom of God? Trust Him. You see, the more we make the church more entertaining to attract people, the more shallow we raise disciples. You see, discipleship is not raised by entertainment. It's raised by discipline study. That's what a disciple is. A student, a pupil. Praise God. I said, praise God. Are you still here? The time you ought to be teachers, you have need that someone will teach you. God wants you to grow in your knowledge of God. And listen, I'm not just telling you, you know, because sometimes your intelligence can kick in. When the pastor just says, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's God. It's, we're not talking about logic. We're talking about understanding the scriptures. Not just, not just intelligence because you went to school. 
understanding the Bible, knowing what the word of God says. Praise God. Are you still here? Go to Second Timothy. Say amen if you're here. Alright, it's pretty quiet. Second Timothy chapter 1. Um, go to verse 5. Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Praise God. It says, long in, okay, for, for, um, verse 5, Second Timothy 1, 5. It says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm sure that is in you as well. This faith was transferred. See, God wants us to transfer our faith. God wants you to transfer what you know. You must grow to the the point where you can transfer the faith you have in you. Every believer should have a younger believer that they are discipling in the things of God. You see that? See, let me tell you, the best way to grow is to have someone you're discipling. You have a new person or a new young person who just came into the faith. Get them. You know. You know what? We are too busy to follow them up. And I'll tell you, there is no mature Christian. Let me not use the word there is no, it's a bit general. But I'll tell you that majority of Christians who are matured, someone took them and discipled them. Majority of matured Christians, someone took them and discipled them. My dad taught me how to use the Greek, the, the, then there was no computers. I don't know how many of you know the strong concordance, the big concordance, where you have to check for the Greek word, then you change the number, and then you go, that's how my dad taught me to use the Greek concordance, maybe from the age of 12, 13, 11, started using the Greek concord and study. My ability to preach, to teach, <laughs> to interpret the scriptures came because my dad paid attention to me. I remember one time I taught in church, Friday service, church was just going there. I thought something in church wasn't correct. So he told me when I got home, so you didn't interpret the scripture correctly, he showed me. So I said, oh, I've learned. He said, no, you have to go back next Friday and 30 people is not correct. Ah, boy. <laughs> I trust my father. It's not open for debate. So I went back next Friday and said, oh, that thing I was teaching was not correct. And so I said, ah. From that day, I decided that when I stand here, I won't have to do a repeat visit. Are you hearing? Those things shape you. You should have a younger Christian you're pouring into. You ought to be teachers. You cannot be a baby after years. Huh? Still getting angry that they didn't follow you up. I was not in church and nobody even cared. There's no love in this church. Will you grow up? Will you grow up? You should come to a place in your life where that's not the biggest thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, you are, we have a good pastor here. We're trying our best. I was sick, and uh, nobody would care to call me. And they say, this is the house of God. If this is really the house of God, why were you sick? Have you not asked yourself where you should be healing others? I'm asking you, why were you sick? That's what you should be thinking of. With all I've learned, I should not be sick. That's how you, instead of feeling, you know, my leg was paining me. I say, and I think I have sisters, and I don't have sisters. You don't have. We like pity party because it keeps us as babies. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Make up your mind that you'll be a strong Christian. Are you hearing this? Make up your mind that you'll be a Christian that people will not be concerned about. I'll be faithful. I'll be committed. I'll serve God. I'll learn God's word so I can help others. So I can help others. God, see, there's a lot of work for all of us to do. One person cannot get it done. Thousands of souls all over the world that needs your maturity. The Christian faith is not a big daycare religion where you are just passive. Praise God. Are you here? I can't hear you. Are you here? Second Timothy 2 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Praise God. It says, The things which are, verse 1 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That's how Christianity spreads. Paul said to Timothy, My son, the things you have heard from me. Just as I was, uh, I'm talking to you today about the influence of my father in my life. My dad is not here today, but I'm able to be of a blessing to people because he committed those same truths to me and I'm committing them to you. And the next generation, we ought to be able to raise them so they can spread the truth. Praise God. The same things I've taught you. He says, commit them to faithful men who can teach others. Can you defend why you're a Christian? Or are you ashamed of being a Christian? You know, today we're ashamed. Say, are you a Christian? I say, no, not like that. Too. Huh? You know, have you realized that immediately you start explaining Bible a little bit more? They just call you pastor, pastor. I say, no, 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 no. You now drop. What's wrong there? It's, it's been a pastor in crying. That's why we're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Someone say, you know, if you pray by midnight, it's a very serious prayer. Okay. And just last Sunday, the same pastor said, in the realm of the spirit, there's no time. If there's no time, how come midnight prayer is now more powerful? I thought you just said there's no time. Because he himself does not remember what he said last Sunday. There's no consistent body of truth. And you, you gradually, the Christian faith is being shallow, being watered down. You have a Christian who will look at you in the face and lie. Doesn't feel anything about it. Hmm? And as I tell you in this church, if, you, if, if we call you, why didn't you come to church? Don't lie. Just say, Pastor, I didn't feel like coming today, if that's what happened. Because, I mean, they're always traveling. And you know because you are, you are a miracle worker, that day you traveled, somebody saw you on a bike somewhere. Well, you walk miracles. So you can actually enter a bike and travel at the same time. How great thou art. Why are you lying? How will you disciple someone? If you are not matured, how will you, if you don't know the truth of God's word? See, God is counting. You see, let me tell you this. Your children's spiritual faith is not my responsibility. Your children come here. For those of you who come early, it's two hours, Abby. So if you come late, Seth, 
bad example already. So you bring the children late and they think it's okay to come to the house of God late. Right? Come late. Then 40 minutes. One hour. Because the children are doing sing their song and do what they want to do before they start teaching them God's word. Huh? For the next one week. Then when they are praying, you have taught them a prayer that you copied from book. Oh, Father, as we lay our head to sleep, let nothing happen to us. You guide our father, guide our mother, guide the cat. In Jesus' name, angel, we go to Amen. So, yeah, I love you. Then you put uh, teletubbies or tubby tellies and put music. <laughs> you don't know what your children know. Or you don't know what they know. And I was telling Pastor, I said, one of, the, you see, one of the prayers you should pray, and take it from me, as somebody who grew up in a pastor's home, pray that God will raise laborers for your children. Right? That there will be people who would, who would take their spiritual life seriously and disciple them. Just as much as my father I mean, tried his best and poured into me. My late mentor, Reverend Tony Ate, was the one who took me up and really grew. You see, because sometimes, because these children are your children, there's a way your relationship with, you know, it almost looks like you are forced to, you have to pray that your children will find laborers. Now, it's not just praying that your children will find laborers. You should be a laborer to someone else's child. You cannot, we cannot do it. Even the one hour I teach you in church or 40 minutes I teach you in church, it's not enough for you to be a strong Christian. From now till Sunday, those of you who do Sunday, Sunday worship, from now till Sunday, I won't see you again. Some would have forgotten what I taught because as you are going now, information is coming into your life. Skeptics, doubters, godless men, atheists, all of them have your ears. You sit with someone who does not believe in God. You will sit with a man who is from Ekaka. You will sit with a man who just believes his prophet. There is nothing you can tell him. The prophet's picture is in front of him. The prophet's oyer is there. Forget what you are saying. Close Bible. This one is working. They start telling you of what happened in Abba. And what happened in... They have stories everywhere except where they are. It's only happening somewhere where they are not. And you know what? At a point, those things will start infiltrating into your heart. That's why you have to study the word of God every day. Praise God. If we are going to disciple the nations, we must, be, we must have a studious approach to learning. Acts 17 verse 11 talked about the Berean Christians or the Berean believer. Got a book on that. Acts 17 verse 11. That's why I talked about our attitude in the house of God. We don't come to the house of God just to listen. We come to learn. You know, in those days, they were going to the temple daily. Huh? Hey, come on, somebody. They were going to what? The temple what? Daily. To learn the faith. You know, today we have information everywhere. It's almost information overload. And that's why some of us need to pay attention to who you listen to. Because you listen to everybody. The truth in you should be able to say, well, thank God for this person, but no, no. Say no, no for me. Alright? Acts 17, 11. What does it say? Now, Verse 10, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Show that they were more noble-minded. They, 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 they know how well to receive the word of God. You know, if, if you are a preacher, you will understand what Paul is saying here. I've gone to congregations where I struggle to preach. 
Why? The people were not designed to receive the word of God. For instance, I struggle to preach in churches where people don't take notes. I struggle. You know, you're just preaching. Everybody's looking like Because they're not trained to take notes. So when I go to those churches, I don't teach as much as I teach here. I just teach. In fact, going forward, it's part of what I'm putting because I realize that sometimes it's just a frustration of the grace of God in my life. So going forward, I'm determining if a church is not really ready to receive teaching, I'm not going to go there. Why? Because I can't function. And they are not ready to receive because those ones are just used to. I say today, you are not hearing me. I say today, you say, yeah, we are hearing you, Papa, we are hearing you. Say, Amen, Amen, I receive. I, so they don't need Bible. They need their hands to be free, to, to collect. They don't need to write anything down. They don't, they don't even want any distraction. Say, put your Bible down. We are talking power. Say, yes, sir, it's power. And you live there. And it's just, it's just nothing. And I, I don't apologize for this because that's why we are breeding shallow Christians. Ask them what is justification. Say, ah, he was not in church, sir. They think he's the name of a church member. Say, what about atonement? Say, it's not in my cell. There are more terms we are familiar with now that are not even in scriptures. More terms. We keep introducing them. Jehovah Shab Shab. Jehovah Overnight. Jehovah Eleventh Hour Miracle. We are so conversant with those terms. Things never mentioned in scriptures. If we are Christians, we have a responsibility to know this book. This is the one book that God gave us to know. In its entirety and in its truth. Can you say amen? amen. Look at this. He says, they were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness. Look at this. Examining the scriptures daily to see whether the things were so. He says, therefore many of them believed, along with the number of prominent Greek women and men. Not just people who, you know, who had nothing. Prominent people in the society. They received the word of God. He says, they were examining the scriptures. Who was teaching them? Paul. Imagine Paul teaching you and you go back. To examine if what Paul taught was true. It tells me two things. Number one, it means they paid attention. Am I right? Somebody help me. Am I right? Number two, it means they wrote something down. What will you use to examine what Paul taught if you didn't write anything? Praise God. We've had all kinds of teachings go on. All kinds of things go on. Especially in the Pentecostal faith, where there's no, there's no um, quality control. Hmm? You know, I can just stand up now and just say, an angel appeared to me. And just say, I should be raising my right leg like this. And this will happen. And what will happen? Before you know all of you start raising your leg, you won't even ask, why are you raising your right leg? As far as you have solutions. The Christian faith was not designed for solutions. It's for you to know God and have a relationship with him. Solution is an after effect of the faith. That's why today we cannot endure persecution. I wrote something on, on Facebook. And quite a few people commented. Do you realize if Joseph was in our day today, he would have been subjected to deliverance? Are you here? Talk to me. What do you think? Am I the only one thinking like this? Hey, come on. How many of you think if Joseph was in our day, he would have been subjected to deliverance? 
You did nothing. They sold you. Then only you, you finally got a job. August's wife says you want to sleep with you. Are you the only one walking, Joseph? And then you went to prison. Joseph would have been subject to deliverance for four things. Number one, near success syndrome spirits. Every time you're about to just get a breakthrough like this, they would near success syndrome. Number two, deliverance from what? From what? Uh-huh. Deliver from his brother's enemy, family altars, father's house. They don't like you. I wrote four things. I forgot what I wrote now. <laughs> Check it on Facebook. Because <laughs> I was thinking about it. Eh? And they would have delivered him. He would have had geological reasons. Because who will you tell that story that it makes sense? Some of you have drank oil. More than you should drink. There's nothing wrong with your life. You are walking God's path and God's plan for you. Everything wrong with you was made right on the cross. It looks simple, but believe it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Know the word of God for yourself so you don't become guinea pig in the hands of, of a preacher. A prophet do not use you to experiment his call. <laughs> Are you still here? I don't think I don't believe in deliverance. So if you have a demon, I can sit down here and cast it out without standing up and it will go out. If you want us to try it, we can. <laughs> it's simple. I mean, there's, this is not that uh, because you don't have power. No, it's simple. I'll sit down here and cast it out. Then we can video you so that at the end of the day you will see yourself how it came out so that you won't say, oh, I don't know what they did to me in the church. We don't need to make a fuse over these things. Every one of you seated here should be able to cast out demons. Did I hear amen? amen? These are the things you should say amen to. So I will say it again, then you say amen. Every one of you here should be able to cast out demons. Amen. That's Christianity. That's what God expects of you. So that when you go and follow up that first timer and you realize there's a demon presence in that house, you don't need to drag them to the office. You do the casting out. You go to that house. You realize someone is sick. You lay hands on them. You get them healed. It should be normal for every one of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Say amen if you're here. Amen. All right. Now, let me just show you something quickly and then we can, we can close here. Um, remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, I told you the, the, the Bible says the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you shall be witnesses of me, right? Go to Acts 2, 42. You know, these people were born again. Verse 41 and 42. Let's just stop there. 41, 42. So then those who had received his word were baptized. And that day, they were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They, they, they continued. They did it. They listened to the apostles' teaching. You must, I've told you here, create the time to listen to God's word. Listen to the teachings. Yesterday before I slept, I listened to a teaching about an hour, 55 minutes. I, I, I was feeling sleepy, but I had to, you know, complete my set of tips for the day. Why? You need to get fed. You don't leave it to chance. They devoted themselves. Now, go to Mark 16.20. I want you to pay attention somewhere. Go to Mark 16.20. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went everywhere. So Jesus told the disciples oh, let me read this, this is good let me just read from verse 15 and he said to them 
Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creature. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany how many people? Those who do what? Hey, come on, church. Let's, let's participate together and, and finish this up. These signs will accompany those who do what? Those who? Who believed. Now, do you believe? Do you believe the gospel? What should accompany you? Number one, what should accompany you? What are the signs? Who should cast out devils? Do you think God, do you think God will tell you to do something he hasn't given you the power to? Church of the living God of Jesus of Nazareth, do you think God will tell you to do something God hasn't given you the power for? So why are you not casting out devils? Why are you the one carrying them? These people, I mean, you come to church every Sunday and somebody's teaching you that you are demon possessed, demon is fighting you, demon is in you, demon is around you, demon is everywhere. Believers are not the ones to carry demons. They don't want to cast them out. Number two, they will do what? Talk to me, they will do what? Pastor, maybe you need to find his, compose a song on this one so that it can be singing all the time, right? How many of us know we speak in new tongues? Right? Speaking tongues, right? How many of us speak in tongues? Do you know that you left number one? I started speaking number two. Because that one is easy. Easier. So if you are speaking in tongues, you should be casting out demons. Because you actually should be casting out demons. <laughs> number three. They'll pick out serpents. And if they drink any deadly, what will happen to them? And some of you are afraid to eat in people's houses. Even in church. When we serve food, say, oh, we have love feasts. <laughs> you like to take my home. I ate before I came. Lie. He's a, he doesn't want to die. <laughs> He's afraid of death. Say, don't worry. I'm food. Thank you very much. You have watched too much African magic. You'll be hungry like this. They'll give you food. You now remember that that's how one woman ate and her leg was like this. Fear. People want to collect your destiny. What is even in this your destiny, Seth? If we, if we open it up, what will come out of it? Okay, the one they have not collected for the past 15 years, where have it gone to? You are still struggling to pay rent. Say they have seen my star. <laughs> I agree with Bible, Joe. No, the next one, it says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Say, my hands are anointed to heal the sick. Next time when you feel sick, lay your hands on yourself. It will work for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? So then, when the Lord Jesus has spoken, he was received. Verse 20, and they went out. What did they do after receiving this? They went out and did what? Preached everywhere while the Lord walked with them and confirmed what? The word with signs following. See, God will always confirm his word. Now, come with me to Acts chapter 8 verse 4. Remember, Acts 8 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Last, last scripture. Somebody's going to step up in their authority. I mean, we're going to step up in authority. We must be the generation that says, where be the miracles that our father told us? Hallelujah. See, one of the things I've decided to do, especially going into next year, we are going to contend for the miraculous. 
We want to see healings take place. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not just going to explain it away. We're going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Somebody say amen. amen. Acts chapter 8 verse 4. Right. Therefore those who have been scattered went about preaching the word. These were those disciples that devoted themselves to the apostles doctrine. They went about preaching the word. Go to verse 6, verse 5. Philip, you know Philip was a someone in church serving food, right? Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip. As they heard, look at this, look at this, and saw the signs which he was performing. Remember, there was a reason I read those two scriptures. Okay, follow me in the next three minutes, I'll wrap this up. Follow me carefully. The Bible told us in, 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 in Mark that we read, it says these signs will follow those who believe. Now, pay attention, pay attention. It means that when they go preach the gospel, pay attention, whoever believed the gospel that the apostles preached will also walk in the signs that the apostles were walking in. Is that clear? Now, these apostles preached and Philip, now, who was now picked, this this Philip that was picked now, in Acts chapter in Acts chapter 6, had believed the gospel. He now went out to preach. Look at what happened in his own life. Verse 7. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Praise the name of the Lord. Now he talked about Simon the sorcerer. Now after a while, verse 12, but when they believed Philip you know, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They were being baptized, men and women alike. Verse 14. Look at verse 14. That's where I want to close up. It says, Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. It means a younger Philip got a hold of the word, went into a city and began to do wonders. And the apostles heard that, Ah, Philip has turned Samaria upside down for the sake of the kingdom. They now sent Peter and John. Which means that what they had, they had transmitted to Philip. And listen, just as it worked for the apostles, it will work for you. What is working in the pastor is working in you. The blood that was shed for you was not the China version. It's a real one. Your hands are anointed for healing the sick. See, if believers knew more of the authority they have, we would have more signs. We would have more wonders. And I don't want anyone in this church to be shallow. I don't want anyone in this church to be scared. Live up to the authority that Jesus has given to you. Start discipling young ones. Start paying attention to the things we teach. Have a study note. Because the truth of the matter is that one of these days you will need this truth for someone close to you. I won't always be there. Pastor Mary won't always be here. You have your children, you have your family, you have your loved ones around you. You need to rise up. God is counting on you. God wants all men saved. And that all will come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. Humility of heart. And Lord, we commit our hearts to you. And we ask, Father God, that you would strengthen us. You give us the grace to advance. You give us the grace to learn, to be committed to the teaching the reception, and the understanding of God's word. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.